Do you want victory? You can have it in Christ Jesus. Time once again for Abiding in Christ with Jim Wood. You have to step back, evaluate the various positions in light of Scripture, and then re-engage with a godly perspective. Pastor Wood is the founder and executive director of Weirs Valley Ranch, a Christian home and school for kids from crisis family situations. Jesus said, as the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. You can contact the program by calling 866-41-ABIDE or by visiting us on the web at wvr.org. And now, without further delay, here's your host, Jim Wood. If you know me, you know that my, uh, my desire when I preach is to be faithful to God's Word and that my vastly preferred approach to preaching is to take a passage of Scripture and exposit that passage. You go through it expounding what is said there, focusing there. You may reference another Scripture, but you're taking one passage and that's your text for the day. Well, this is a topical message. Um, And the reason for that is not just the time of the year, but it's because God told me this is what I was supposed to do today. And as I explained to my wife, who was not arguing with me, I just wanted her to be praying especially, uh, I would be a very poor servant of the Lord if I said, sorry, that's not the way I like to preach. So I want you to understand that as we approach this subject, we're, talking, we're going to start with one text, we're going to cite other passages, but we're talking about something that runs from Genesis to Revelation. All through the scriptures, the importance, the necessity of giving thanks to God is a theme throughout. You cannot be true to the scriptures and get away from this. And so in 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 and 17, in the midst of a series of exhortations by the Apostle Paul to the church in Thessalonica, he says this, and this is God's Word. 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 and 17. Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. This is God's will for you. What is God's will? That we should be joyful always? Well, I can't help that. I I can't just turn it on. Well, we need to learn what joy is. Joy is not about how you feel. You can be joyful when you feel lousy. Be joyful. Doesn't say feel joyful. We think of these things as feelings. It's not the case. It's a position you take. It's kind of like being courageous. Not about how you feel. The great courageous warriors who were not lunatics summoned courage 
not based on how they felt, but on what they knew needed to be done. And being joyful, like being courageous, and being thankful is about what you decide you need to do because it's what God says. So be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. The message today is about giving thanks in all circumstances. And I underline in my notes the word all. Because most of us, if you're anything like me, feel like in certain circumstances we ought to get a pass. You know, I mean, yes, generally speaking, we ought to have a good attitude. I mean, I, 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 will, I will grant you that, certainly. Certainly that's a positive thing. And, and yes, we ought to, we ought to try and be, be positive. So let's, uh, let's seek to, whenever possible, uh, be joyful and, and give thanks. That's not what it says. It's not what it says. It says be joyful always. Pray continually. Well, there's a key. In other words, in the midst of what I'm going through, I'm to be in communion with the God who rules the universe. That's what happens when we pray. We are in touch with Him. Have you ever... Probably not. Now we all have cell phones. But have have you ever been in a conversation with someone whose demeanor changed dramatically when they answered the phone. Okay? And not even necessarily based on who it was on the other end. Now, I've seen that happen too. But have you ever seen somebody who's, hello? Okay, what happened? What happened? They weren't operating on the basis of how they were feeling. They were operating on the basis of the fact they're in contact with somebody else. Somebody else has just come into the room via the phone. And so everything has to change. Okay? It's kind of like people who have family fights on the way to church. Uh, My wife and I don't have this problem at all because we live right up the hill and we come down here in separate vehicles because I have to be here early. But but I've, I've been with people before who had a nasty brouhaha in the car and then they get out of the car and at church, you know, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Everything's fine. They're putting on that facade. Why? Well, because now they're in touch with somebody else. There's another person who's entered the picture. If you pray continually, you are continually in touch with Him. And when you are in touch with God, it changes everything. It changes everything. In Psalm 145, we read, One generation will declare your works to the next and will proclaim your mighty acts. God is pleased when we share His love with the future generations. One meaningful way you can share Yahweh to the next generation is by leaving a gift in your will to Wares Valley Ranch. The ranch is home and school to children from all over the country who need a safe haven. Please pray about how you might help support these kids and consider joining Legacy 145. Legacy 145 is a growing group of people, people who see this as a meaningful way to thank God for all they have been blessed with. You can learn more about it by going to wvr.org 
and click on the link for Legacy 145. Again, find the link for Legacy 145 on our website at wvr.org. To step out of my comfort zone into the realm of the unknown where Jesus is. And so, the first thing that I want us to focus on regarding giving thanks in all circumstances is that when we do this, we are entering God's presence. We heard it in the call to worship from Psalm 100. We sang it in our music this morning. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving in my heart. I will enter his courts with praise. What are we talking about? We're not just saying, when I come into God's presence, I need to pretend I'm happy. We're saying, when we choose to obey God and be worshipful and joyful and giving thanks, we enter His presence. You want to get close to God? Start giving thanks. God is on the throne, sovereignly working out His purpose, which is for our good. So, no matter what we're going through, we need to realize that when we want to get close to God, when we want to enter His presence, now, God is omnipresent. He's everywhere all the time. Yeah, do you want to be in touch with that? Have you ever been in the presence of someone and not realized who you were with? I told you my story about the time I was hitchhiking. Billy Graham picked me up. It was the first time we'd ever met. I got in the car, had no idea it was him. I'm sitting in the front seat next to the most famous person in the world at that time. And when he started speaking to me and I saw who it was, I was terrified. Because I was in his presence before I recognized his presence. And you and I are always... If, if I go to the highest mountain, God is there. If I go into the depths of the sea, God is there. God's everywhere all the time. But folks, you don't necessarily enter into his presence until you start to praise him and thank him, recognizing who he is, what he's done, the fact that we are entirely dependent on him. We can't get our next breath apart from him. So giving thanks in all circumstances is vitally important because we're not talking about the power of positive thinking here. We're talking about the presence of God here. We're talking about entering into that relationship with the Almighty that absolutely changes everything. So that whatever is going on, we're okay. You remember when Jesus had said, let's go to the other side, and the disciples were trying to get there? And the storm was so bad that the waves were coming over the top of the boat and Jesus was asleep on a cushion. And they woke him up and said, Lord, don't you care that we're going to drown? Jesus said, be quiet. And the storm immediately stopped. And then Jesus looked at them and said, sorry guys, I was just really tired and I needed some rest. Is that what he said? No, that's not what he said. He said, why are you afraid? Oh, you have little faith. Well, why shouldn't they be afraid? Because Jesus had said, let's go to the other side. And if God says we're going to the other side, guess what's going to happen? You're going to the other side. You don't even need a boat, Peter found out. 
You see, you and I look and we say, we've got to have this. We've got to have the right weather conditions. We've got to have a boat. It's got to be a good boat. mustn't leak. Okay? Jesus says, no, I got this. It's okay. Whatever comes, whatever happens, you're with me. So praise him and thank him and be joyful, even if you don't feel like it. Not only are we entering God's presence, but coming into God's presence with thanksgiving puts everything else in perspective. It's about our focus. I've said many times, there is almost always a smudge, a grandchild's fingerprint, the residue of the rain that beats against the windows in my home. And um, we have been blessed with one of the most beautiful views, not just in Wears Valley, but in the world. It's just absolutely amazing, stellar. And um, if you come up to my house and you look out on the mountains around us, you will be thrilled by what you see. Four seasons out of the year. It's always just magnificent, fabulous view. But if you are of a perverse nature, you may not be seeing the view because you're seeing the fingerprints. You're wondering what that is. Is that a flaw in the glass or is that something that could be cleaned off? What are you focused on? You can look at the glass or you can look through the glass. When you come into the presence of the Lord, your focus is not on circumstances anymore. You're not picking things apart and trying to find fault and trying to figure out how are we going to deal with this and look at all these problems. Your problems are put in perspective. You recognize that everything here is temporary. It's all going to burn. I'm just telling you, if you begin to really get your eyes focused on Him, all the problems in this world are okay. We had a teenage boy here at the ranch years ago who was diagnosed with an inoperable brain tumor. And uh, it was malignant. And everybody was distressed except him. He wasn't in shock. He was in the spirit. And he said to his parents and others who loved him, don't cry. There are only two possibilities here. If I die, I'm going to be in heaven. And if I live, I'm going to have an amazing testimony. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord! He lived. I did his wedding. He's still alive. He's a registered nurse now. Let me just tell you something. Putting problems into perspective, that happens when you choose to be joyful and to pray continually and to give thanks in all circumstances. Think about Job. 
He got one piece of devastating news after another. And what did he do? He got down on his knees and he worshiped God. Think about the believers in the book of Acts who, when they were persecuted, came back and had a prayer meeting and said, Oh, God, how could this happen to us? We've been trying to serve you. Is that what they did? No. They came back and they gave thanks to God that they had been countered worthy to suffer for the name of the Lord. Wow. Wow. What a perspective. All these problems are temporary. When our oldest son was born with severe health problems, my wife and I both remembered what God had impressed in our hearts before this. And that is, what difference will it make in 150 years? That was the question that God put in our hearts before Paul was born. You know what? Our son loves Jesus. So 150 years from now, we're going to be with him and he's going to be just fine. Meanwhile, the problems that he's been through, over 40 surgeries, tough circumstances, but it's temporary. 150 years from now, we're not going to be up there in heaven saying, oh yes, well our son, you know, he, he had to have lots of surgeries. You know, no, we're going to be saying, worthy is the lamb who was slain. Do you understand? When you're in the presence of God and you're focused on Him, all the problems of this life are put in perspective. You realize this is not a big deal. I'm, I'm going to get through this because God's going to carry me through it. And so finally, we rely on God's power. Entering God's presence, putting problems into perspective, and relying on God's power. Jesus lived this way. One of the surprising passages, just a, a little line in the New Testament. John 6.23. John 6.23 references one of the most amazing things in all of history. Jesus took a little boy's lunch and served it as a meal to 5,000 men plus women and children. It's the only one of Jesus' miracles that's recorded in all four Gospels, so apparently it's special. Jesus fed the multitude with the little boy's lunch. When they brought him that little bit of food, when Andrew, by the way, who was the disciple who did so, when he brought that little boy to Jesus with that little bit of food, Jesus said, how's this going to help? I mean, look, look at all these people. Are you kidding me? And he said, Father, I know you can do miracles, but I mean, this is ridiculous. Is that what Jesus said? No. He gave thanks. He gave thanks, and then he broke it, and he shared it. And God multiplied it. And so... That's a pretty good attitude on Jesus' part. Oh, it's, it's not just an attitude. It's key to the miracle. 
The power of God is released in this. Look at John 6, 23. I'll go back to verse 22. The next day, the crowd that had stayed on the opposite shore of the lake realized that only one boat had been there and that Jesus had not entered it with his disciples, but that they had gone away alone. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place, hear this, near the place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. Does that pop out at you? I mean, if I was going to describe the miracle, I'd be saying something like this. Then some boats from Tiberias landed near the place where the people had all had plenty to eat because Jesus multiplied a little boy's lunch. Wouldn't, I mean, wouldn't that be kind of what you'd want to point out? We're talking about Jesus doing this amazing miracle. There was more food left over than there was to start with after everybody had eaten and been satisfied. Now that's a miracle. That's not the way that God inspired John to record it. Instead, having told about the miracle, he now refers to the miracle this way. The place where the people had eaten the bread after the Lord had given thanks. How important is it for us to learn to give thanks in all circumstances? Well, God says it's what is his will for us in Christ Jesus. So I'd say it's very important. Because when we live like this, we enter into God's presence. It puts our problems in perspective, and we learn to rely on God's power, not our circumstances. James chapter 1 tells us, whatever comes, when you go through trials of various kinds, rejoice, give thanks, because God's going to use this to make you better. A friend of mine had a, he was a pastor in Atlanta, and he had a woman in his church who was absolutely making his life miserable. And, uh, I mean, she was just, she was a, a, a relentless critic. No matter what he said or did, uh, it, it didn't meet with her satisfaction. She always knew better. She always had something that could be done to improve. And, I mean, it was just constant, relentless, draining, blah, 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 blah. And, and he, he prayed and prayed that God would take her out of the church. He said, I'm not asking you to kill her, Lord. Just, 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 just get rid of her. Just... If she's unhappy here, send her somewhere where she can be happy, but please take her out of the church. And we're talking for over a year, she ate his lunch every week. <sighs> Finally, he realized, okay, if God wanted her out of here, he could do that. God must have left her here for a reason. And so my friend Fred got down on his knees, and he prayed, and he said, God, I want to thank you for that woman. I want to thank you. We're putting her in my church. I know that you have a purpose in it. And I know that you want to do something good in me and make me more Christ-like through this thorn in my side. So I pray that you would keep her in this church until she has accomplished the purpose for which she is here. She was gone the next week. She finally accomplished the purpose for which God had put her there, which was to teach Fred, give thanks. Not just in all circumstances, but as we read in Ephesians, for all things. 
not supposed to do that. It's not about how you feel. It's not about how you feel. It's obedience to God because you're looking past the circumstances at Him. Thanksgiving is not just a positive, be happy attitude. Okay? Come on, turn that frown upside down. Everybody smile. Look at yourself in the mirror and say, it's not so bad. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about a relationship with the ruler of the universe who does all things well. So give Him thanks. Give Him thanks. Give Him thanks. You've been listening to Abiding in Christ. If you have questions that you'd like for us to tackle on the program or comments that you want to make, I want to invite our listeners to call 866-41-ABIDE. That's our toll-free number, 866-41-ABIDE. Or contact us on the web at wvr.org.